Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Friday. First with yesterday's news, I am Glenn ZB. We're looking back at Thursday. Um, now, the relationship between student and faculty at Victoria University has come under scrutiny. This is a tale as old as time, well, certainly as old as universities, isn't it? Um, we've got some Megan Markle... Look, I'm going to play a little bit of uh, Zed Bean Roulette today. I'm going to put some audio in without listening to it, because... I've got I've got a cut called Kerry's History of Porn Megan Markle. So I'm going to put that in there. And I've also got something that says Petula James is a pain in the ass. I don't think it's about somebody called Petula James. I think it's somebody called Petula saying that James Daniels is a pain in the ass. But we'll find out. And then Marcus will talk about toy libraries. But before any of that, uh, with this KiwiSaver GST U-turn, is... is Really, that's, that wraps it up for the government, according to Kate Hawksby, doesn't it? The Financial Services Council, they called the move suboptimal, understatement of the year, uh, and they were part of some of the people asking the government to rethink and reconsult. But I just can't work out why they didn't consult properly in the first place. I mean, the arrogance with which this government's behaving smacks of a third-term Helen Clark government telling us how much water we can have in our showers. When these Muppets slid into power in 2020 with their huge mandate, could we ever have foreseen just how out of control they would get in such a short time. They are lucky to be a two-term government, thanks to COVID. But at this stage, I don't think even another pandemic could save them. This is a circus that fewer and fewer of us actually want tickets to. Yeah, I think circuses are a bit out of fashion these days, aren't they? I know the last time I went to one, I I think I've seen this all, all before. It was entertaining the first six or seven times, but I'm tired of it now. Right, now, the old um, uh, professor and the student, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, always, it's never been a good look, has it? I mean, I thought we already had rules about these things. What's brought this on? Uh, we've been working on this for about two years now. In 2020, we developed a new sexual harassment response policy and procedures in which we consulted fairly widely And in the context of that consultation, uh, the question about whether we should be stronger around staff-student relationships was regularly asked. So we began to do some work. And over the last two years, we've been working on this and are very pleased to have released the policy today. I mean, okay, a staff member is a staff member, a student is a student, but what is a tutor? Because they're students and they're staff, aren't they? So when they are in their role as staff, it will be very clear that they understand they can't have close and intimate personal relationships with students who are in their tutorial groups. So if that happens, they'd need to declare it, and either they or the student would be, you know, we would manage that conflict of interest. They would be reallocated, or the student would be reallocated, as the case may be. Do you reckon any? Do you reckon everybody's going to be honest? Because I mean. Some of these cases, if they exist, and they probably do, are going to be affairs. They're not going to want to tell you they're having an affair, are they? Um, Well, it's very clear that that is why we're publicising the policy widely, uh, both to our staff and our students. Uh, It has been very well received by our staff and indeed our students. Our students are very strong about this. Yeah, I think Heather's right. I think for some of these people, their relationship just got a lot spicier. They've got to keep it even more secret. 
don't know why I did that voice. Let's move on quickly. All right, here we go. Podcast roulette. Shall we start with Kerry's stuff first? Yes, so here we go. This is the audio that's called Kerry's History of Porn Megan Markle. Here we go. In the olden days, like the really olden days, there were postcards of mainly French models who showed bosom or buttock or growler. Um, and, well, what? What else am I going to say, Helen? I'm trying to use a euphemism. Okay, face plant from Helen. Um, and then after postcards, what came after postcards? Between postcards and film. And then if you sold enough fish and chip, oh, magazines, of course. What am I saying? Magazines, then magazines. And some people, you know, some men made absolute fortunes, like Hugh Hefner and the like, out of pornographic magazines. And then in, there were films. I think they were always around, but they were quite a niche market and you had to be quite wealthy to afford a projector. I assume Chummy in the Wadestown Fish and Chip Shop had sold enough chips to be able to afford a projector. And so up came the blue movies, as they were euphemistically called. And now it's phones. And it's far more dangerous, I would venture to suggest, movies that you will see on your phone than you ever saw back in the day. So there we go. little social history lesson for you, anonymous texter. Um... Ballpoint pens with naked people, that's right, you could tip them upside down. And their clothes came off. I don't think it was naked people, I think it was only ever women. I don't think I can ever remember seeing a pen that you could tip upside down and see a naked man. The nib would be in the right place, wouldn't it? Well, the pen handle. Anyway. Ah. Sorry I got your hopes up there. That cut's actually called Kerry's History of Porn. Megan Markle 2. So there was stuff about Megan Markle after that. Sorry, you hope that. Mm, it's such a tease. I didn't know. Well, I should have known. I should have read it properly. Now, this whole cut here is called Caller Petula James is a Pain in the Ass. Hello, Petula. What a beautiful name. Uh, young parents and a pop star in the 60s. I was named after her. Thank you. But you look I love you, yeah. Simon. Yes. 100%. I'm disappointed in you, James, and I'd like to be a fly on the wall tonight when you sit to dinner with your wife and your, ch- your <laughs> adult daughters because you're going to be handed it on a plate. <laughs> Good Texas, on you. Ages, so archaic. It's unbelievable. I'm with you. So, hang, anyway, thank you guys. Hang, hang on, Petula. Hang on, Petula. I'm saying that I want it to go grey. I do want like it to that. go grey. That's even worse. You're a pain in the arse. <laughs> Have a good day, guys. <laughs> Petula, you're brilliant. How the, how the hell is that sexist? That's beautiful. <laughs> Put that on a promo. Play that over and over. You're a pain in the James, arse. James, you're a pain in the arse. <laughs> she could be my fourth wife. Well, heading that way. I see. I heard somebody the other day saying that they don't like the Irish accent. But when even the word arse sounds as cool as that, how can you not love it? So that was better. That was worth playing. Are we going to finish up here with uh, Marcus on toy libraries for some reason? It really is podcast roulette today. I've always been fascinated with toy libraries. I always think it'd be great to have a sign that says toy library, right? like in a rural town or a small town because they love toy libraries. Like in Cromwell, if you have a sign that says toy library, 
Then you have another sign that says toy library. Then another sign there's toy library. And then at the end of those three signs, there is a bit of land. And in that la on that bit of land is a library that's like 12 inches high. Wouldn't, wouldn't, that, wouldn't that be good? <laughs> Do all I ever see when I see that sign, Toy Library? I think, yeah, there we go. It's a tiny little library with a tiny little box and a tiny little slot to put the books in. Yep. Like a windy house, anyway. Maybe it's a visual thing. Maybe I could do like one of those cartoons for the New Yorker. Remember, they don't have toy libraries in America. I don't know. Wow, he, he really took us on a journey there, didn't he? Um, there's at, at the beach. Sometimes I go and stay at the beach. My father-in-law lives at the beach. And the people on the part of the beach where he lives, they've got a, a beach toy library. Which is quite good, isn't it? Because sometimes when you take your kids to the beach, like you haven't taken all the stuff. And so when you get to the beach and there's a, a box of stuff there already, that's useful, isn't it? I've also taken you on a journey, I think. Both Marcus and I have taken you on journeys today in the podcast. Uh, thank you for playing Podcast Roulette with me today. Uh, I think we all survived at the end of it, so that was a win for all of us. And we'll be back with another weekend edition on Monday. It's a good day to do a weekend edition. I'll see you then. Hold up. 